1: To Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. And why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? Now, this program is about sharing with you how people find their genius and how finding what they were great at doing ended up benefiting others. So you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyatt creator of Namology Science and author of the Know the Name book series. Now, at the end of tonight's show, you will hear that names—what names what names reveal to assist you in recognizing your own innate talents. Our expert tonight is Julie Shalott, who has developed her genius in the area of living life to the fullest and helping others to do the same for their lives. She has so many titles behind her name that we'll slowly dissect as we go through tonight's show. But basically, she's a motivational speaker, writer, and communicator who helps other people move into alignment to be the absolute best that they can be. And she's created a three-step system, and she's based it on sacred wisdom of horses combined with spiritual laws that allow us to live life 100% authentically on our terms, with no absolute limits. And she has gotten this and discovered it from her work with horses. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Julie. Thank you so much for
2: having me, Sharon. I'm honored to be here.
1: Now, Julie, what is your background that led you to get into helping others to be motivated to live to their life fully? Like what caused you to care?
2: So I was uh, born an empath intuitive, and I've always been very e- empathic with people, but especially with animals. And I tried to do the nine to five thing for so long. I tried to fit in and I never did. Although I was successful on paper, I felt that every day I was going to work and I was just not using my gifts and I was just getting sadder and sadder. So I finally decided that the horses, since I spend so much time with them, they teach us how to be present, and they gave me some really amazing tools, and I started to use them on my friends, and everything started to change in their lives, and I just really decided, you know, life is short, and we need to rise up to the person that we're supposed to be, so I really just embraced it, and I started my business, and I've been non-stop ever since.
1: <laughs> so how
2: do you utilize the horses in this
1: healing process?
2: Well, the horses are the teachers. They're the master teachers. And what the horses do are they are present all the time, a hundred percent. So while I'm talking to you right now, although we're both a hundred percent present with each other, many times throughout your day, when you're talking with someone, you may not be, you may be thinking about what happened last night or what's going to happen two days from now. And that takes your concentration away So what they've really taught me are a specific set of tools on how to be mindful and present and also how to kind of drop your junk at the door. Um, They just are master teachers at that, and they've helped so much in terms of me being able to help others. Um, They're just, what they do is if you came to them with all the stuff that happened, if you had a bad day at work, they would either try to... Put you in a better mood or they'd walk away from you and say i don't want to deal with this until you're you know you've changed your attitude if you will so it's really about mindset and how you look at things and how you can handle adversity is what they've told me with
1: so in your healing process do people come to you and actually work with horses or did you just get your lessons from horses and then you apply those lessons
2: So we can do both because I do coaching by phone or by Skype, but I also handle them, you know, I have retreats as well. So we bring the horses in and we have, I have a whole different array of animals that help me besides horses. Um, they teach people how to be brave. So we all, you know, we work with raptors, we handle the, the hawks and the osprey as well. Um, but horses usually are the teachers at the retreats, but then I can also do one-on-one coaching without the horses and just give them the steps and help them with the map to kind of get to their life where they want it to be. Now,
1: that's really interesting to me because my very next question for you was, do other animals work this way or just horses? So what are the animals that you've worked with?
2: So I've worked with dogs, with cats, with horses, and with birds of prey. Birds of prey are really amazing creatures. They are very quick, as most animals are. They are very honest, as all animals are. But birds of prey are different. So horses are prey Animals, so they are always because they're pres- they're present because they're always looking for something that's going to eat them, like a dinosaur. They're always worried uh, that something's going to come in and grab them, so they have to be on alert all the time. Prey, uh, the other the the birds are different because the birds are the masters and they are the ones that are going to go after smaller animals or smaller birds in the sky. So there's a different feeling with them. They're very powerful but yet very secure in who they are. Horses are secure, but they're always kind of on alert. Um, The birds, not so much. They're kind of like, I am the king or the queen, and I know it, and I act that way and act accordingly. So it's two very different mindsets.
1: Where I live, I have fabulous birds in my backyard from blue jays and cardinals, and just like I have gone outside and, and witnessed a good 12 varieties right outside in my backyard. So do those birds... All have something in common or are they all different
2: they're all different they're all different actually there's so many birds where I live as well Um, I had an experience one time where a bird actually let me uh, pet it it actually had something stuck in its throat and it came to me and it stopped and I kind of looked at it and I went out it was on my porch I went out to it and it didn't move and I could tell something was stuck in its its throat and its beak and I kind of just pulled it out and it let me kind of pet it for a few minutes so uh, they're all different. They're they're just uh, their personalities are just as uh, you know a wide array as humans are. They are just all different, you know, beings, and they all have their own personalities. It's amazing.
1: So I was always taught that we don't touch birds because once they get our human smell on them the other birds won't have anything to do with them. Is that what you found or not?
2: No that's not true. I actually have come across quite a few especially baby birds. Um, they, The mothers will still take them back as long as you can put them somewhere where they're safe because sometimes at the barn a lot of times they fall, they fall out or you know and they're still okay they just are still blind. Um, so I learned from talking with a few folks at the sanctuary bird sanctuary that i work with um that as long as you just kind of put them to the side and don't feed them or anything the parents will come and tend to them um this bird that i was talking about was actually in distress and then it I flew away and was fine after that but i've come across quite a few birds that have been okay you know of course you don't handle them too much uh but the parents will come right back and they'll help them out just as if as if you never had laid a hand on them
1: Oh, that's incredible to know. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I love birds. I do too. I remember, though, if a bird would fly into the house, my mother would jump up on a chair and start screaming. And I would think, it's so stupid to jump on a chair. You're getting higher into their height, into their flight pattern. (laughs) (laughs) But, But as a kid, she would jump on a chair and wait for dad to come home. And then dad would go throw a towel over a bird. And then kind of scoop it up and take it outside and undo the towel and the bird would fly away.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's what we do. We used to get them caught in the chimney sometimes and we'd have to take the towel and same type of thing, put them out. And, you know, you just want to help them. You don't want them to be, you know, going around in your house. But I completely understand where she's coming from because it is kind of alarming. It's just a different creature in your house.
1: (laughs) Okay, so how do dogs differentiate in their way of communicating versus cats or horses
2: dogs are different dogs always want to help they are very loving all animals are loving but dogs are kind of more uh very much accepting of you no matter what you look like what kind of day you've had no matter what your energy is cats are a bit different cats are more independent so they want you when they want you, and when they don't, they kind of say, okay, I'm all set. I'll be over here, and you stay over there, and I'll let you know when I need you. Um, it's just a different personality type of thing, and the horses are the same way. They're very independent as well, um, but they can get their fill, and there's some days where I go to the barn, and I'll talk to a horse, and the horse isn't interested in talking to me. They say, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today because sometimes they have off days like we do where they just don't feel great or they're just not interested in chatting. Um, So, but dogs are always interested in chatting. Dogs seem to always be that happy. I love to talk and I love that you're here and things are wonderful now that you are here. So they're different compared to the other, the cats and the horses.
1: Now there are so many different breeds of
2: dogs. Does that matter? No, nope. They are all uh, easy to talk to. It's just that I need to get on their frequency And once I do, then they are happy to talk. They just all have different personalities. If you think of everyone you know has a different voice, it's the same with all the animals. They all have different personalities and different voices. Um, But the one common theme is that they always tell the truth, and they always want me to say exactly how they've said things to the owner. So if a horse asks me to say something to someone perhaps yourself, they do not want me to bring in any other words of my own. I must say it exactly as they have said it to that person.
1: Now, I'd be curious, how do they let you know that?
2: They tell me. They get angry with me and they tell me, they'll say, um, that's not the way I said it. You need to set, say it exactly as I said it. And they get mad. They get frustrated. So I say, okay, wait, let me back up. That's, I put in my own word there. I apologize. This is what he said or this is what she said. So they'll tell me right away if I'm off. It's a conversation, if you will, really is. So then a trust is developed between
1: you and the animals, especially if you do this with the same animal frequently.
2: Yes, definitely a bond. I actually met a brand new horse today and he was so responsive. They said he was a very nervous horse, but I'm very good with nervous animals, especially ones that have anxiety, um, because I have had a lot of anxiety in my life. So um, he actually put his neck out and let me scratch his neck and everything, which is a very trusting thing. Uh, thing for an animal to do right away so which is so incredible yeah and we
1: need to take a break stay tuned to know the name know the genius in you which is being heard on xzbn.net and xzone broadcast network and on the website knowthename.com now after the break we'll find out how our intuition can be awakened stay tuned
3: Yeah.
4: Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told
3: me. SIMULTV.com
4: Exactly. Are you guys psychic, too? Of course.
3: We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com hmm.
1: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and knowthename.com. Now our guest tonight is Julie Chalant whose website is motivation-attic. So it's motivation and a dash. And attic is A D D I C T and then it's com. So Julie, how yes. does one awaken their intuition? Because you're saying you're using your intuition to communicate with the animals. So how would somebody get their intuition to that kind of state where they could do that also?
2: Your intuition is that still small voice inside of you that guides you that a lot of times we override. Uh, For example, if you had a job interview and everything looked great on the outside, but something inside you said, you know what, this may be the place where I'm not happy. This might not work for me. But you say, you know, your ego says, well, the money's great and this will work for me. You really need to stop for a minute and listen to that voice inside of you uh, that's telling you where to go it's never wrong it's always 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 right and if you don't hear that very loudly it's usually come starts off very small and it can get louder but if you don't hear that right now in your life You might want to just look inward. And what I usually like to do is if you stop for a minute and you think of your heart and you open your heart like a flower, think of it as a flower and just go inward and take a nice deep cleansing breath that usually connects you right to your power center, which is your intuition.
1: So you said that intuition is never wrong. And yet I think we would have to learn to trust it on our own until we believe that. So is there
2: a shortcut to learning to trust that intuition? The shortcut is that you need to take the leap, I guess. There, there really isn't a shortcut. There's, there's got to be a time where you say to yourself, I am going to listen to this voice. And, you know, many times, I'll be honest with you, the voice is telling you something that may not seem like it's a good option for you. But that guiding voice is always acting on your best interest. It's coming from your higher self. So it's it may sound wrong at the time, but if you listen to it, I guarantee you, it's in my opinion in my experience, it's never been wrong for me or anyone else I know that I've worked with that's listened to their own intuition.
1: So, How do we get out? I'm switching the subject a little bit. How do we get out of the doldrums to take inspired action so that we shine and we're really enjoying life? Because there's a lot of people that I have met, especially doing name readings, it feels to me like they are existing instead of living. So I know how to do that through a name, but how do you help people do that?
2: So I have a three-step process that I have learned from the sacred wisdom of horses, and I've created something called divine flow. And it's a three-step process where we discover where they are right now and find out where they're happy and where they're unhappy. Really, it's pretty much just a deep dive and an assessment into what makes them tick and what they really want out of life. And then we also give them, once we find that out, we give them a map to get them to where they need to be with some steps. And then I teach them how to get into their divine flow. And part of that process is what I was explaining to you about going into your heart and and looking inward. And divine flow is all about getting to the place where you're not anticipating something happening, but you're powerful. You're in your most powerful state, your most powerful, creative, happy state because we all know that we have to change our state and our mindset to put that good energy out into the world, and that's what comes back to us. And I know exactly what you're talking about. So many people are just existing, and those are the people I love to help, because that's how I was. And I want to help them get out of that and really thrive and do what they came here to do and be who they need to be.
1: Okay, so again, I'm I'm so curious about how you're going about this, because when you say, get them to come to be who they came to be, I can look at the name and there's always seven reasons that the name reveals that this is our purpose. And so those seven reasons will be the overshadowing or the or the seven steps or the subcategories of that overall major region. But how would you get it for that person or how would you help that person find out their purpose and, and why they're here?
2: I asked them a series of questions, and first I'm gonna teach them how to be mindful, but I'm asked them a series of questions that they need to answer very honestly about where they are right now, what they think they came here to be, and through these questions that I'm gonna ask them, a lot of times I can, this is the, my superpower, is that I can see from a 30,000 foot view what they can't see, which is what they really, truly want to do just by the answers that they give me, and the way that their body language is, even if it's on Skype and I can see them, I can understand what it is they're trying to communicate to me. So one time I met with someone and he actually wanted to be an architect and he was nowhere near that, but he had so many blocks as to why he couldn't be there. He thought he couldn't get it. He wasn't smart enough. He didn't have the right connections. He wasn't, he was never gonna achieve what he really wanted to be. And I removed those blocks and then we get down to, you can do this, let's figure out a way to get you there. So that's just a superpower that I have, but it's through a series of questions and assessment, and then together, I help them have that aha moment. So it's kind of like what you do, It's a, you've got the series of seven steps, through the seven these questions that I ask them, this is the way that I can understand them through their body language, through what they're telling me, and then I can give them an idea of what they need you know, what they're telling me. And then they usually say, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to, to, to be all along, but I never articulated it. So I'm just that I'm the bridge between their higher self and all that information that they're getting. But they may be a lot of times they are just overlooking it. They're just putting it to the side. It's all right there. And I'm just uncovering it so that they can have that aha moment.
1: I used to think that, again, I've been in education for 40 years before I I stopped being in education. And I used to think that the younger the child, they knew what they wanted, they knew where their interests were. And then somehow, as we go through our educational system, that gets like taught out of us, or the dream goes away, or other people don't believe that for us. And so we put it aside, believing the other people instead of ourselves. And so have you found that when you're helping people find their aha and their purpose and their real love of life, that it goes back to what they wanted to do when they were a child?
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And for myself as well. And a lot of my anxiety and frustration came and I kept myself small for so long because I was told by a teacher that what I wanted to do would never work. And no, that wasn't allowed in her class, and I couldn't express myself, and so I shut down. And yes, I believe that 100%. There's so much of this comes goes back to childhood where we're just taught no, no, and that's not right. So just forget about that idea that you have that crazy idea and do something that's you know, more mainstream and common. You'll never be able to make a living at that. That's one of the most common things that I hear quite frequently. Um, and that's just not the case now. We know that, but... As a child, you know, you you carry that as an imprint for a very long time. So you need to figure out how to get around that. That's what I help them do is figure out, you know, what happened, how we can get through this and then a way to get there.
1: stuff. Well, Julie, when I look at you and I was so excited when I got to meet you and everything, I look at you more like that eagle flying high and you have that high viewpoint, you know, and and looking down and going, oh, I see uh, the whole picture here. Let me help you see what you're not seeing. You know,
2: that's so funny because my totem is a hawk. So I'm always, always, always 30,000 feet up and I always see them. And, Eagles as well. And they're just, that is what I do. I can, it's, it's easy for me. It's harder when you're in it yourself. Right. But that is exactly what I do. And I just love to help people fly and be in their flow and find their purpose. Because I believe we all are here for a purpose and we're all here to do great things. And it's time that we all start living instead of just existing because life's too short. You you know, everyone out there listening has greatness in them. And we just need to figure out what it is. And, you know, you need to bring it to the world because you people need what you have. They're desperate for what you have for your lessons and what you've got. So how can understanding
1: the divine flow change a person's life?
2: Understanding your divine flow is your power center. And it's all about being mindful and being present And knowing that you have access to anything that you need at any time, creativity, whether it be writing or if you're great with numbers, accounting, whatever it is, you have all being in that flow state is the magic to having and manifesting what you want in your life. Actually, there's been quite a bit of science around um, being mindful and how peak. that's a and peak performance has come into people's lives because of being mindful. So, divine flow is really about finding your power center, and then everything changes once you find that. You know, I always thought that was very
1: clever of Goldie Hahn to call meditation mindfulness so she could help get it into the school system. Yes. <laughs> you know, I thought when that started being teaching in some of the schools I was at, I thought that's just meditation. And isn't that a clever way of? of getting it into schools where it's an acceptable thought pattern.
2: It is. It's wonderful. And, you know, especially in today's world where we have so much that wants our attention, you know, you sometimes you just have to unplug. You have to put your iPad away and your phone away, and you need to sit quietly. And, you know, it's not all about just meditating, but just asking yourself some questions, some really honest questions about what you want to do with your life and where do you want to go and how do you want to make an impact and who do you want to help? Um, And just taking, taking all that, you know, technology away makes a difference.
1: Well, I think that's called reflection time and thought time. And and that's very hard to do in today's world. And we need to take another break. So stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network Station and on the website, knowthename.com. Now, this show is dedicated to helping people improve their lives. And after the break, we're going to find out some of the different ways that Julie inspires people. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Now, our guest tonight is Julie Shallant, who through equine therapy, that's the use with the horses, and life coaching, guides clients to take inspired action to live their best lives. And she can be reached via her website, which is motivation-addict.com. Again, that's motivation-addict.com. Now, Julie, where do you see most people falling down in their lives when they fall into the settling category instead of really enjoying their lives?
2: Most of the time I see it professionally. They are usually frustrated with where they are professionally. They may be doing the nine to five, but they may be an artist at heart or they may be um, in a insurance company and everything, as I said, looks good on paper but they're very unhappy because they're not doing what they truly want to do. Usually professionally is where probably 85 to 90% of the people I work with are frustrated. Well,
1: you know what, though? I just look at that and I think maybe it's better to be frustrated in that area of your life versus relationships. (laughs) You know, I don't know. know. (laughs) I I agree with you. (laughs) You know, now, Before uh, I have a one question for you before we get into what you're offering our listeners, because I really want them to be able to know your generosity here. And that is during the last segment, you said a lot of people don't know what they want out of life or, you know, you help them find what they want out of life. And I thought, what if they absolutely are clueless and don't know? And again, I look at the name and I go, oh, here it is right here. It's spelled out. But I thought, What if they're absolutely clueless? And the reason I'm asking that question, Julie, is because I remember that five of us teachers drove long buses, or I would say vans, uh, when I was living in Texas to Houston because we wanted them to go to the space center. And it was cheaper than paying for the big school buses. And so we all drove. And coming back from that, we'd gotten up so early to drive the four hours there. And then we were there all day long and we were driving the four hours back and I literally kind of jokingly told the kids, whoever's sitting in the front seat with me has to make sure I'm wide awake and attentive and keep my conversation going, you know, because this has been a really long day for us drivers. And so I asked the first student, what is it that you want to do when you, you know, get out of school and where are your interests? And she said, you know, I don't know. And so I cheated and used the name and said, well, this is what I see for you where the gifts and the talents are. And then another student was listening to the conversation and she said, well, I want to know that. What do you see for me? And so all the kids on my bus or my van kept swapping to who was going to sit in the front seat because <laughs> they all wanted to find out, you know, what, where my observations were. And I literally cheated because I used their names, you know, and added it to my observations. But if they really don't know, and some of these kids just had no clue. What do you do then to get them to see this is where their gifts are, this is where their talents are, and this is where you can get them to be applied?
2: Well, first of all, I want to be on your bus and sit next to you. That's the first thing. (laughs) 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 I ask them a question that's super easy but super profound, which is, what would life be like if you were doing what you would want to do or would love to do with you? What would you love to do with your life? And if they say, I don't know, then I start out with, well, what did you wanna do when you were younger? And if they still say, I don't know, then I say, what do you do in your off time? What would you do, what do you do for free right now? You know, do you, do you draw? Do you work with a uh, number, you know, what do you do that you love to do? And usually then I get an answer because is it, if it could be a hobby, it could be helping somebody read, learn how to read, they could be volunteering, they could be working in an animal shelter, that's so. I, I'm kind of digging down through levels. If they still say, "I don't know," "I don't know," then I ask that question of, "Well, what are you doing today?" And usually, there's always got to be something. When you're not working, what are you doing for free or that in your off time that you love? And there, there's usually got to be something. And if even if it's spending time with my kids, okay. Well, what about that? What about that do you love? And and, and I'm just keep digging digger, you know, deeper and deeper. And then eventually, we're going to come up with an area, if you will. And then from there, I build it back up to, well, what would it be like if your life looked like this, working with these kids you know, all the time? And then what if you could get paid to do it? So it's, that's the kind of process. But you, ca- you have to go a couple of different levels down because they may say, you know, I don't know. That's why I, you're here. And I'm like, that's true. But what do you do in your off time? There's got to be a hobby. Maybe you just read all the time. There's a lot of people that I talk to, and they think that their hobby is just a hobby, and it can turn into a career pretty easily. There's lots of ways to do it, especially now with the internet.
1: See, so, you now I find that fascinating because as you're saying those questions, I'm thinking, yes, I love to quilt. That mm-hmm. you, you know, you could earn a living at. But the other thing I thought of was I go square dancing, and there oh. is no money
2: in square dancing. <laughs> But what if you could teach square dancing?
1: They get $2 a person. There is no money in square dancing.
2: $2, $2 a person? Really? Yep. That's, that's it? it?
1: Yep, that's it. So you're making six, $16 an evening. Not a lot. Nobody can make a living off of that.
2: Goodness. Are there enough people that you could start a podcast that you could start talking about square dancing? Because in this world, podcasts about anything, even cards or games, are, seem to have quite a bit of pull. I wonder if you could do that.
1: Yeah, I just look at it as interesting. I don't have that much interest to do that. I'd rather just dance. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you know, it's it's just like as a kid, I you know, my parents went to a lot of the different sports. And so we had season tickets, the entire family to hockey and the entire family to baseball. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And I can give you all the players and their stats and which ones I think are more exciting than others. But I would rather be playing the baseball. I would rather be playing the hockey. I would rather be doing the dancing than watch somebody else get to do that and think, wow, I'd rather be out there doing that with them.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, I agree, I agree. And my mother used to quilt uh, and she loved it and she spent so much time on it. She did needlepoint, she did quilting, she won awards for it. Um, So, you know, a lot of times somebody has a passion that they love and they can turn it into... career or something that's more rewarding you know there's different ways we can go about that but definitely there's in this day and age there's you know ways that you think some people get have podcasts and they talk about superheroes and things like that that you know i thought gee really but you know what they're making tons of money so there's usually a way but i i love that you are the person that wants to get out there and do it (laughs) instead of watch it i love that
1: You know, it's like, it's like, I'm so happy they're getting paid to do what they love, but you know, it's, I'm amazed people want to watch instead of getting up there and doing it for themselves. So I understand that you're offering our listeners a two month coaching course that showcases the three part process of divine flow. And Finding your divine flow to live life 100% authentically on their own terms. Could you tell us about that and explain exactly what that is? I just thought that was incredibly generous.
2: Sure, sure. So I would love to help uh, someone. I'd love to help. Because I love to, you know, have people really be who they want to be and not be unhappy and happy. So um, it's a two-month course where we're going to meet weekly by Skype or we can Zoom. Zoom, I, I like Zoom better. It's a little bit easier. But either way, we can talk for an hour a week. And they will have a recording of it. And there'll also be worksheets attached as well. And we'll go through a simple process, but an important, honest process about where you are and where you want to be. And I'll take my eagle vision and we will figure out what it is that you really want to do and your purpose in life. And we will make a map to get you there and take some steps. And then I will teach them divine flow so that they can improve their mindset and their energy. And we, they will be on their way. So I'm super excited about it.
1: So if somebody chooses to do that, how would they contact you?
2: The best way is through the website. They can just go to, as you said, motivation-addict.com. And they can hit the, there's a, a contact button that they can just hit that. Or also they can also reach me through, uh, there's another button there for a 15-minute quick call with me as well. So either way, just go to the website.
1: I just think that's highly generous of you. Thank you for offering that to our listeners. So Julie, explain to us how you go about to begin a life, to begin being a lifestyle influencer.
2: Uh, To be a lifestyle influencer is really about co-creating. I love to work with other people as you do, and I love to help others and I've really found that co-creating is the best way to be an influencer. It's not about going, you know, what can I get? It's about what can I give and how can I serve others? And, you know, through the new media summit that we had with Steve Olsher, it was just, um, I met so many incredible people and not just the icons. I just met some wonderful, wonderful people at this summit. If the listeners don't know what that is, it was a summit that we recently had. And um, I have just been able to co-create with some of these people. And the way that you get to be an influencer is you put out their content and your content and you work together and you co-create on different projects. So I've got a number of different projects. I'm going, I'm on, you know, the binge network and I've got my own radio show coming up and I'm co-creating with a lot of different people. So a lot of fun stuff. That's how you get to be an influencer. And, um, just you also, I'm on LinkedIn and I also have a, um, my own group there and that because i'm the founder of the group that allows me to touch a lot of lives and equestrians as well and that's pretty much how you're an influencer but it's basically by co-creating which is the fun part which is definitely
1: the fun part you know when we come back we need to do your name because i haven't (gasps) done that one yet i'd love to Okay, since we need to take our last break, stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out what Julie has in her name that has assisted her that you just might have in your name as well. And also, how to get back in the saddle if you get thrown off course. Stay tuned. (music)
4: Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through trindade.com or amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination.
1: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Julie Shalott, whose website is motivation-addict.com. Now, she teaches how to uncover your gifts and start living the life that you deserve and that you really want. Okay? So... Julie, before the break, we had promised that we'll do your name. So are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so thrilled.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to do such a small clip because I can talk two hours on a name. Okay. So your name says that you're absolutely brilliant, that you see things from inside the box, outside the box, the corner of the boxes, the whatever, there's no limits, and that you're going to take the path less traveled. Because that's just who you are in your name so that the rest of us can follow as you're, you know, laying out a new pathway for people. Your name also indicates that you have a lot of self-confidence and a lot of independence and that you're very generous with your time. And it was so funny when you were explaining what you're giving or willing to give for our listeners. I thought, oh, my gosh, there's that time thing again where she's so generous with her Uh time. It says that you have a great sense of humor and you love to have fun. And if work isn't fun, you really don't want to do it. But as long as it's fun, you're good. You can keep working. Your name also says that you bring people to you that want to gain in their own self-worth understanding so that people that are coming to you or attracted to you are those that don't know their own self-worth and that you can help them get on the pathway to understanding that better. It also says that you want to make the world a better place, that you like to be at the top of your game, and that you have really good writing skills if you choose to use it. One of the the warnings in your name is that you can be misdiagnosed by physicians, and so um, I would say always go the naturopathic route because that way if you're misdiagnosed, you don't hurt yourself, you know, on a permanent basis. Wow. Okay, so wow. That's, that's a really small piece there. <laughs>
2: Wow. So that's amazing that you you said all that because I write all the time and I am published each month in Horse Nation and I have my own blog and I write a lot. I would love to write a book someday. And self-worth is something that I struggled with my whole life and that's why I love to help people. I'm just amazed. And the misdiagnosed by doctors, yes, that's so, so true because I always had migraines and they thought nothing was wrong with me. Oh, my goodness. I I can't believe you got all that just by a name. That's amazing. Well, amazing. I mean, during a reading, we go deep,
1: you know, like you're saying, during your work, you go really deep diving and the name gives us that, too. That's why I'm always fascinated by the different modalities that are available to help people. Um, You talk and you give talks as a motivational speaker. What are the core ingredients, Julie, in your talks that you wish each of your audiences to really hear you say?
2: The core ingredients are one, believe in yourself, no matter what's happened, no matter how old you are or young, no matter where you are in your life, it's never too late. And you've got to believe that you have inside of you, whatever you need for your journey, you can do it. And you are an expert in something and your experiences have led you to where you are to help others. And the other part is to, because you believe in yourself, to take massive, consistent action. And when I say massive, that means you've got to get out of your box and you've got to do things that may scare you. Standing on a stage may scare someone. It scares me all the time. Doing radio shows are sometimes scary. It's, But you, when you do it, you realize I didn't die. I'm okay. And you get better and better each time. And that's the way that you can change your success waterline, which I help people with, which is, you know, you know, you need to expand who you are. And the only way to do that sometimes is by taking that action. So believe in yourself and take massive, consistent action and life will change for you. I guarantee it. So,
1: Julie, uh, when I was going through your website, you talked about inspired action. And right away, I thought, Okay. So how do you differentiate between
2: inspired action and other actions? So inspired action is different from other actions. Other actions can keep you busy. Inspired action is the question of what can I do right now that will really be a game changer for myself, for my business, for whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish. Because we can all be busy and we can take action. We can do emails and we can be busy, but they may not move the needle closer to where we really want to be. So inspired action is something that's going to usually go, coincides with the massive action, such as I'm going to reach out and I'm going to say, I would love to have you on my show or I'd love to be a guest on your show, even if you're scared. And that is inspired action, because that's going to move the needle, that's going to give you some visibility and change things up in your life, versus just taking regular old action. There's a difference. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it definitely does make (laughs) sense. So we promised our listeners before the break that we would ask you how you encourage people to get back in the saddle, as the saying goes, once they've been thrown off the horse, or rather sidetracked in life.
2: The way to get back in the saddle is to understand that everything happens for a reason and that most people fail a few times before they're successful. So what I always think of it is this way, even if I failed, it's okay because the next time I'll be successful. And you kind of fail a few times, but every time you fail, you learn something. So don't look at it as a failure, look at it as a learning tool for you. And you learn something and you can grow from it. So it's never a failure. It's just a lesson. And that changes how you see it. Because a failure you've on yourself, a lesson is like, oh, well, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. And I probably put a lot of work into it. Maybe you got laid off from your job. I got laid off from my job, my big corporate job. But you know what? I realized that I had learned all I could learn. And it was time to move on and time to do something new. So it's just a lesson not a failure. And I think that mindset switch helps a lot of people.
1: Connie Dombrowski in her class that she gives students that's called personal and social responsibility that's done in a lot of our schools has an exercise where you're not allowed to say yes, except for every seventh person that asks you. And so everybody in the room has to go and ask everybody else in the room if they can help them with their dream.
5: Wow. So Wow. Like,
1: like, so you have to say, uh, can you help me publish my next book, for example? And then you know that they have to say no seven times, in, I mean, six times before they're allowed to say yes. And it's how many people can you ask how fast, how many no's can you get through so that you can get your yeses? Because you have to get five yeses before you can sit down.
2: I love that. And That's it's a great exercise.
1: And it's That's literally amazing. to teach people, hey, you're going to get all these no's, but you got to keep trying because it's the yeses that count.
2: Yes. Yes. Like, just, just like JK Rowling's. I mean, she went through how many publishers until she got finally got a yes. I mean, there's so many examples of that, but yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Yes. And, but that one gets you used to hearing no's and not getting upset because it's like, okay, I've got one more no down the trip. That means I'm closer to the next. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So you're failing forward and you're learning a lesson and yes, I love that. That's amazing. And that's exactly what life is. I mean, it's all about you keep getting back up and trying again. But this time, you're going to have more information than last time. So you get used to the no's, but the no is not a failure. It's just that you have to knock on a different door. That's it.
1: That's it. So your articles, Julie, are
2: often published in Horse Nation magazine. How do we access those articles? Just go online to Horse Nation, and you can find me under their blog. And I'm there every month. Also, also if you go to um, Motivation Addict, you'll see a press page and they can go there as well and then click on the link and it'll take them right to it.
1: And I want to say those articles were fascinating. You're an excellent writer. I enjoyed reading those.
5: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate
1: that. (laughs) Okay. So what do you wish, Julie, that everybody knew? If you could synthesize it down to a sentence or two, what do you just wish that everybody took for granted and they knew?
2: I wish that everybody knew that they had power real power, personal, not personal power. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but real power. You are the creator of your life and you can do anything you want to. Just like when we were told when we were a kid, you can create anything. I wish that everybody knew that and they, they didn't put that to the side and they really understood that because you do have it within you. Everybody that's listening right now, you can do whatever you want to do and you can get there. There's a way you just have to never give up. And maybe you just need a little bit of help along the way.
1: Well, and hopefully along the way, you're creating win-win situations. Julie, thank you so much for joining
2: us tonight. It's been a sheer pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me, Sharon. I appreciate it, and thank you so much for having me. Be prepared, surprised, and pleased
1: when you get to experience Julie Chalant's work. Again, her website is motivation-addict-addict. Uh, dot com, motivation-addict.com. Now, Julie's name indicates that she has a lot of self-confidence. This appears in the letter L. If you have an L in your name, then you too have a strong sense of self, with the exception if the L is followed by an A. If the L is in the beginning of your name, then you were born with self-confidence. If it's in the middle of your name, then you'll always have self-confidence. And if it's toward the end of your name, you gain more and more self-confidence as you get older. Do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of this radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net Radio and X Zone Broadcast Network and on the website, knowthename.com. Do you want to know your soul's purpose? Your name always reveals the seven reasons that you're here. Do you wish to know your seven goals and how to accomplish them in the smoothest way? Visit the website, knowthename.com, and give yourself the gift of a session. Remember that once you know the name, you can know all about the real person. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt signing off.